the 77th Psalm, and just by uh, way of introduction in reading this psalm, uh, Matthew Henry called this psalm the psalm of the melancholy man, and I think you'll see why as we read this psalm together. I cried unto God with my voice, even unto God with my voice, and he gave ear unto me in the day of my trouble. I sought the Lord. My sore ran in the night and ceased not. My soul refused to be comforted. I remembered God and was troubled. I complained and my spirit was overwhelmed. Thou holdest mine eyes waking. I am so troubled that I cannot speak. I've considered the days of old, the years of ancient times. I call to remembrance my song in the night. I commune with mine own heart and my spirit made diligent search. Will the Lord cast off forever? And will he be favorable no more? Is his mercy clean gone forever? Doth his promise fail forevermore? Hath God forgotten to be gracious? Hath he in anger shut up his tender mercies? And I said, this is my infirmity. But I will remember the years of the right hand of the Most High. I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember thy wonders of old. I will meditate also of all thy work and talk of thy doings. Thy way, O God, is in the sanctuary. Who is so great a God as our God? Thou art the God that doest wonders. Thou hast declared thy strength among the people. Thou hast with thine arm redeemed thy people, the sons of Jacob and Joseph. Selah. The water saw thee, O God, the water saw thee. They were afraid. The depths also were troubled. The clouds poured out water. The sky sent out a sound, and thine arrows also went abroad. The voice of thy thunder was in heaven. The lightnings lighted the world. The earth trembled and shook. Thy way is in the sea. And thy path into great waters, and thy footsteps are not known. Thou leddest thy people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. Let's pray. Lord, we come into your presence with thanksgiving. We're so thankful for who you are. We're so thankful that there's none like you, that you're 
altogether who you are. We thank you for all your glorious attributes. We thank you for your holiness, for your power, for your wisdom, for your justice, for your grace. We ask that we might be enabled by your grace to worship you in spirit and in truth by thy spirit. We ask that you would unite our hearts together to fear your name. Accept our thanksgiving through thy son. Lord, we confess our sins. We pray for forgiveness and cleansing in your gospel. Be with all your people wherever they meet together. And Lord, we ask that you would be with those of our number that are sick. We pray for your blessing upon them. In Christ's name we pray. Now, one thing that's very clear in reading this psalm is that the writer was depressed. God, the Holy Spirit, inspired him in everything he said, but it is very clear that the writer of this psalm was depressed. And I'm not talking about having the blues. Everybody gets that every now and then. But I'm talking about the depression of hopelessness and the depression of despair. That is seen in the reading of these first nine or ten verses and God the Holy Spirit inspired Asaph to write this psalm. Now you might be here with the psalmist. This psalm of depression. And that is what it was. And it almost appears in the first part of this psalm that he has no faith at all. Now, look in verse 1. I cried unto God with my voice, even to God with my voice, and he gave ear unto me. Now, he's speaking in the first verses of this psalm of his great depression. And it was great. And then he speaks of how he was relieved from this depression in the latter part of this psalm. So he says, I cried unto God with my voice, unto God with my voice, and he gave ear unto me. In the day of my trouble, I sought the Lord. The day of my trouble. Now you're going to have a day of trouble. I'm going to have a day of trouble. Man that's born of woman, is born to trouble as the sparks fly upward. You're going to have trouble in your heart. I'm going to have trouble in my heart. I'm going to have trouble with my circumstances. I'm going to have troubles in my family. I'm going to have troubles within, troubles without. He says, in the day of my trouble, in the day of my trouble, I sought the Lord. He says, my sore ran in the night and ceased not. Now, when I read that right off the bat, I think of an open wound weeping continually. But that's really not what it means. Uh, the word sore is the word that's generally translated hand. What he's saying is, is my, I was in the night in utter darkness with my hands helpless. Helpless. Without light. Utterly in the dark. 
Now that's how he feels. He doesn't feel any comfort in the gospel. He doesn't feel the presence of God. He feels all alone. He feels cut off. He said, my soul, in verse 2, refused to be comforted. Now, the scripture says, comfort ye, comfort ye, my people. And the psalmist says, I wasn't comforted by that. I found no comfort at all in the gospel. This is how I felt. No comfort. Nothing but trouble. Now, one thing I know about what he's talking about, and he doesn't mention any circumstances that brought it on. There might not be any circumstances that bring these thoughts on. But when I am depressed like this, when you're depressed like this, there are two things that are true. Number one, we're completely self-absorbed. Number two, we can't get ourselves out of it. <laughs> we can't pull ourselves up by the bootstraps. We can't do it. There we are. We're totally self-absorbed, consumed with self, and we can't change that. Somebody says, you ought to believe God. I know you should, you should but uh, don't you know that all things work together for good? Yeah, I know that, but what the, I'm just, here I am. Here I am. And that is where the psalmist was. He says in verse 3, I remembered God and what? I was troubled. He didn't say I was comforted. He didn't say I believed him. He said I was troubled. I was, I, I didn't know what to do. I was troubled. There wasn't any comfort. There wasn't any light in my soul. I felt cut off. I was troubled. I complained and my spirit was overwhelmed. I felt like a complete dysfunctional loser, is what he's saying. That's where I was at. No light, no comfort, completely overwhelmed. Verse 4, thou holdest mine eyes waking. I can't get to sleep, and I know why. You're keeping me up. That's what he's saying. You're keeping me up. He says, I'm so troubled that I can't speak. That's how troubled I am. I don't even know what to say. I'm without words. My words are I have no words to describe this or to explain this. He says in verse 5, I've considered the days of old, the years of ancient times, and I believe that he is, this is when light begins with him. Just a glimmer of light is when he thinks about when there was no time. When he thinks about when there was no time. The years of old. The ancient times. When he wasn't even around. He, he's going to get back to that in just a moment. But he says in verse 6, I call to remembrance my song in the night. Now, we think, is he remembering good times when he believed God? Well, the word song here is a, is a, a song of sadness. Not of mirth, but a song of sadness. And he's remembering this song of sadness that he experiences in his heart. And you know, when you're like that, he says, I commune with my own heart. 
I'm, I'm not communing with God right now. All I'm doing is talking to myself. I feel cut off from God. And you're going to see how strongly he felt cut off from God in the following verses. He said, my spirit made diligent search. And then he asks six questions. And these seem to be so full of unbelief. And they are full of unbelief. And God the Holy Spirit inspired him to write these um, questions. And I'm sure there are times when you said the same thing. And I've said the same thing. Now look what he's saying. He says in verse 7, With the Lord cast off forever. Will he be favorable no more? That's how he felt. Is it verse 8? Is his mercy clean gone forever? Doth his promise fail forevermore? What a horrible thing to say, yet he says it. And he feels it. Is his promise failing? Is it not happening? Now somebody says this is unbelief. Yeah, I reckon it is. Um, you got any of that? Sure you do. You've got an old nature. And filled with, you know, the, the old nature never believes. And the new nature always believes. And there are times when all you feel is the old nature. And that's what he's talking about. All these uh, groans. Verse 9. Hath God forgotten to be gracious? Hath he in anger shut up his tender mercies? Now, he's talking about, is the Lord mad at me? Is he punishing me? Is he just cutting me off and leaving me to myself? Am I being punished? Which is the ultimate thought of unbelief, isn't it? There's no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. And this is what we forget. You see, in Christ... I am sinless. I wish we could get hold of that. In Christ, I've never sinned. This is better than being forgiven. This is being perfect before God. When God looks at me and sees nothing but that which is pleasing to him. But here is his feeling at this time when he's overwhelmed. He says, Hath God forgotten to be gracious? Hath he in anger shut up his tender mercies? Verse 10, And I said, This is my infirmity. This is my weakness. I'm recognizing this right now by the grace of God for what it is. This is my weakness. You know, it's a blessing to see that. Here's where light begins. This is my weakness. But, verse 10, I will remember the years of the right hand of the Most High. Now, The best thing I can do when I'm like that is to try to think about the years of the right hand of the Most High. Now, his right hand, that's his son, that's his power, and that's talking about thinking of him before there was a creation. 
before I was ever around, <laughs> when uh, my problems were hadn't happened yet. God was altogether glorious before time began. Think of God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. That's all there was. And how the three persons of the Godhead delighted in one another. And he made the universe for his glory. And everything is for his glory. Now, somebody says, how can I start thinking that way? Well, the Lord will have to enable us to. I know that. But the first cure for this, what he's expressing, this this horrible depression, this horrible unbelief, is by the grace of God, quit thinking about yourself. Now, I know you can't do that, and I can't do that unless the Lord enables us. I'm sure of that positive of that but I know this he does here's what the psalmist does at this time he quits thinking about himself by the grace of God and he's able to think about who God is without even a reference to his own thoughts his own belief unbelief his own problems he thinks of God before time began and you know that's a comforting thought isn't it before you were ever around, before your problems even existed, God is. And he controls everything. What a comfort. I will remember the years of the right hand of the Most High. And that's uh, talking about his power. His power. And I, I think of his power in creation, his power in providence. Do you know everything that takes place? He's the first cause of everything. Now somebody's saying, are you saying he's the first cause of evil? <laughs> it wouldn't be here for it. it wasn't for his will, would it? Are you making God the author? So I hate it when people say that. I'm not making God anything. God's God. I can't make him anything. He is who he is. And he rules and reigns and controls and everything he does is right and he brings good out of evil. This is who God is. He says in verse 11, I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember thy wonders of old. Now here he, he starts thinking of his works. Think of his, I love to, to think of creation. When God just willed the universe into existence. Light be. Light was. I like to think of the brightness of that light. And I have no doubt that's speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because the creation of the sun and the moon didn't take place to the fourth day of creation. Somebody says, explain that to me. I, yeah, I can really explain that. Just believe it. You know, the, the Bible's not a science book in the first place. It's a book of God. It's a book to reveal who he is. And there's, um, but what a glorious thing to think of the glory of God in creating the universe and I love to think of his works of providence the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord everything every step you take is ordered by the Lord um, even this uh, unbelief uh, listen unbelief is evil and if you, you you and I are unbelieving it's evil but the steps of a good man are still 
ordered by the Lord. He's the first cause behind everything that takes place. And oh, don't you love to think of his works of salvation? I love to think of Jesus Christ being the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. I don't know if anything thrills me more than that. First the Savior, then the sinner. First the Savior, then the sinner. And everything that took place in his salvation. The works, the wonders of old. Verse 12, I will meditate also of all thy work and talk of thy doings. Oh, would to God that he would enable me to simply meditate on his work. For, forget about yourself. I, I like that, that uh, chorus, forget about yourself and concentrate on him. Somebody says, well, tell me how to do that. Uh, he's got to enable us. I realize that, but that's the best thing you and I can do. Forget about yourself. You know, in the grand scheme of things, I mean, you aren't very important, are we? Forget about yourself. Concentrate on him and worship him. I will meditate, verse 12, also of all thy work and talk of thy doings. Thy way, O God. Now he's talking about the way of salvation. He's talking about the way of Christ. Christ said, I am the way. He's talking about the way of righteousness, the way of peace. The way of truth, God's way. I look, Christ said, I am the way. He's not a way, he's the way. And I love the way he says, thy way, O God, is in the holy place. The sanctuary. Turn back to Psalm 73. We looked at this a few weeks ago. Verse 16, when I thought to know this, it was too painful for me until, verse 17, I went into the sanctuary of God. Where's the sanctuary of God? Well, it's where he is. <laughs> Where's that? Well, where, can you go anywhere where he's not? And where he is, is his holy place he's altogether other and David said I was so pained didn't understand what was going on until I went into the sanctuary then I understood their end these people who seem to be prospering you've set them in slippery places his way is in the sanctuary and that uh, kind of reminds me um I don't really understand what he's doing, but he does. And I'm fine with that, aren't you? I'm fine with that. He rules. He's the Lord. He's in his holy place. And you know, a believer can truly, and this is spoken of quite often in the scripture, give thanks at the remembrance of his holiness. I love his holiness, by his grace, his otherness, his altogether, only thou art holy. Amen? Only thou art holy.
Thy way, O God, is in the sanctuary. Who is so great a God as our God? Thou art the God, verse 14, that doest wonders. Thou hast declared thy strength among the people. This one is glorious in omnipotence. What would God be without omnipotence? His will would not work, would it? But he's got the power to make sure his will always comes to pass. What is he without omnipotence? What, what good would the work of Christ on the cross do if he didn't have the power to put away sin and the power to make us righteous? What All-powerful. Thou art the God that doest wonders. Thou hast declared thy strength among the people. Verse 15. Thou hast with thine arm redeemed thy people. The sons of Jacob and Joseph. Now, there isn't anything that lifts up the soul any more than remembering Christ redeemed his people. He didn't make redemption possible. He didn't make it available if you do your part. Oh, the effectual work of Christ in redeeming the elect. Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. I despise, and I want to say that as strongly as I can, I despise that teaching that says that Jesus Christ died for everybody, but it may be that his death won't save you. You've got to do something to make it work. I despise that. There's no, there's no gospel in it. There's no good news in it. Here is the remedy for sin. He redeemed his people. Effectual redemption. Now let me say this as strongly as I know how. I want everybody to hear. Somebody that preached that Jesus Christ died for everybody, without exception, but it's up to you to make what he did work for you, that person does not preach the gospel. There's no gospel in that message. Thou hast with thine arm redeemed thy people, the sons of Jacob and Joseph. Verse 16. The waters saw thee, O God. The waters saw thee. They were afraid. The depths were troubled. Now this is talking about the Red Sea. Uh, when the Lord parted the Red Sea, the waters saw thee. I know this is speaking metaphorically. They uh, Can a water see? Well, well I've... I like the way this is spoken. The water saw thee, they were scared to death. At thy breath they parted, they, and the people of Israel, the children of Israel. I, I love thinking. Do you think they were, for lack of a better word, freaking out when they were walking through the Red Sea, seeing the walls on either side? Maybe they could see fish in there, I don't know. Um, but uh, here they were walking through the Red Sea, and they were amazed. And when the children, when the Egyptians tried to do the same thing, what happened to them? It came down upon them. The water saw thee. They were afraid. The depths also were troubled. The clouds poured out water. The sky sent out a sound. Thine arrows also went abroad. The voice of thy thunder was in heaven. The lightnings lighted the world and the earth trembled and shook. God has his way in the whirlwind, in the tornado, in the trouble, in my darkness, in what seems to be chaos. God has 
his way. The lightning, the thunder, the storm, all come from him. Verse 19, thy way is in the sea and thy paths in the great waters and thy footsteps are not known. Now, the point is, if when you're, when the Lord is walking on the water, you don't see his footsteps, do you? They're not known. And what that is reminding us of, and, and, and I love it this way, we don't get it. <laughs> but he does. And we're fine with that, aren't we? We don't get it. What's the Lord doing? I don't know. But he does. And I am so fine with that. He rules he reigns. Verse 20. Thou ledest thy people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. Now what that reminds me of is the Lord is my shepherd. We sing that song, he leadeth me, O blessed thought. What words of heavenly Comfort wrought. The Lord's my shepherd, I shall not want. He leads me beside still waters. I'm not going to want peace. The Lord is my shepherd. As a matter of fact, let's just close by reading that. Psalm 23. Remember, he leads his people. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. I'm not going to want rest. He leads me beside the still waters, waters of quietness. I'm not going to lack peace. He restores my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever.